0: the hard work works fitness app is available right now three workouts per week that require minimal to no equipment at all it comes with video demonstrations nutrition guide to learn to eat healthier and so much more all of this for just ten dollars a month you can cancel anytime time and keep all your workouts decide commit succeed and join the hustle with the hard work works fitness app today Welcome to Haunter's Podcast, a show dedicated to Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and all things macabre. Ah! Ah! Now here are your hosts, Mr. Wonderful and Zach Hilton. Welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is Haunter's Podcast. Unfortunately, we do not have Robert England here this week. I'm sorry, but we have something better for you. (laughs) What's that, Zach? I was like, what? He promised us.
1: He said he was going to come (laughs) back the very next week, and we were going to talk new things and become best friends and be the bestest three-man group that you've ever seen
0: since the three-man band. Oh, you went there, you son of a... (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you know what? You know what's funny about that? Two... Of, Our WWE uh,
1: champions? Oh,
0: damn. Yeah, you knew exactly where I was going. I was, I was going to make the tie-in with, well, two of you have actually um, won awards and been recognized for things before in the past, while one of us hasn't. Kind of like yeah. the three-man band. <laughs> well, you know what?
1: That's fine, because the other one has kids.
0: Yeah, but I don't have any kids, and I don't have a double wide, so I... <laughs> Okay, oh, so obviously Zach is still here with us, uh, the master yes. of everything that is social media, uh, and we're making three-man band jokes, and yeah, we're going to talk a, a, a lot about WrestleMania later in the show, but... Uh, we are going to get into uh, fun this week. Uh, yeah, no Robert England this week, of course. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter at Haunters Pod, we, uh, we have been sharing that like crazy because we got to talk to him last week, as well as uh, all of our previous episodes shared there. Uh, Facebook.com, Haunters Podcast, YouTube page as well. Search Haunters Podcast, give that a follow, and rate and review the show. Uh, that is the best way for people to find us uh, and share it. That's another good way for people to find us because I want to give a shout out to my cousin. Uh, who I'm hoping continued to listen because she never listened to the show before but checked out the Robert England podcast and uh, told us, Zach, we did an awesome job and she loved it.
1: So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, there's been a couple of people that's never listened before that uh, enjoyed that episode. So hopefully we keep the streak going and yep. people just keep on listening.
0: Yeah, and uh, if this is your first time outside of that England uh, experience that I'm going to start calling it now, uh, mm. We like to talk all things Halloween Horror Nights, all things haunted attractions uh, from, from Hollow Scream to local frights to local scares uh, to worldwide stuff as well. And uh, basically, that's what we are, man. We're a show about the scary, man, and we like to talk about the scary, which is why we will 100%. talk wrestling, which is why wrestling and WrestleMania will come up in the second half of this show. Uh, but the first half of this show, man. We've been doing something in the past, Zach. Uh we haven't done it in a couple of weeks now, just been jam-packed shows. But the yeah. HHN retrospective.
1: Yeah, between all these speculation maps coming out, uh the Robert England interview, all these things, like it kind of had to take a back seat. But we're here, we're going to do it We're in 1997 And to be quite honest I love that we are like Using this as an upfront Because things change in 1997 1997 Is when Hollywood Returns to doing HHN, so what we're going to do The way we're going to change the game Of the retrospective is that I'm going to go through it, I'm going to see if we like it You know, if it's thumbs up, thumbs down And then I'm going to Ask the question, do you, would you rather go to Hollywood or Orlando?
0: Mm, All right. I like it. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. I got to take more notes. And
1: (laughs) let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm not saying what year, but there's a specific year that's going to happen. And I don't want you to do any research on it, but there's going to be a year that happens that I already know I'd be going to Hollywood. Oh,
0: I'm excited. That's called a tease, folks. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah and it's not too long i'll be honest it's not a too far ahead team ah, so all right but get ready to look forward to that but today we are going to talk about halloween horror nights seven Ooh. frightmares that's what it was called right. halloween horror night seven frightmares which if you know us we love frightmare we do we have a frightmare near us we do all right all right, so this was the 7th annual Halloween Horror Nights held in Orlando. Um let's see, it ran for 18 nights this year from October 3rd to November 1st. So we went just past Halloween. Uh the ticket admission was only 40 bucks, huh. which I mean, seems like we're getting into that price range of like okay, now it now it really is its own ticketed event, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so Haunted house attractions, we have Hotel Hell, a trendy New York hotel, which is home to ghosts, phantoms, and demented staff members. Then we get into Tomb of Terror, a journey into a New Orleans cemetery with vampires, mutants, and maniacs with chainsaws. Okay. Uh Chainsaws. (laughs) <laughs> and then our third house, we have Universal's Museum of Horror, a museum where Universal's monsters come to life. Ooh, all right. Th- then we get into one scare zone. We have one scare zone this year, and it is midway of the bazaar. Sideshow <laughs> acts, games, and knife-wielding clowns dominate this area. Right. Um. Shows, we have the Abercadaver, which (laughs) is evil magicians take volunteers from the audience to uh, their demented acts. Okay. Then, obviously, we have the Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure 7, colon, The Final Frontier. Now, before we move on, I had to go into this to be like, wait a second, The Final Frontier. Did they? And... It says, it says as the show... The show starts with a Star Trek Theme and Captain Kirk and Captain Picard beam down To Gotham City in 1880 to look for a Phone booth. The phone booth arrives Bill and Ted jump out They say they got a call from Big record company that Wants to make a deal with them. Kirk and Picard Tell them that they have Been tricked and that the Borg Queen called them because She wants to steal the phone booth The, uh, the Borg Queen Appears along with a Klingon Kirk and Picard fire their Phasers at them But they don't work because the technology Hasn't been invented yet The Borg Queen and the Klingon Have present day guns Which they can use to shoot The heroes, blah 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 A lot more stuff happens like Ellen Ripley from Alien shows up The Men in Black show up The Terminator shows up All kinds of things, Mr. Freeze Eventually comes, so does Poison Ivy and darth vader and they all fight long story short maybe the best bill and ted (laughs) thing for me (laughs) i'm just
0: gonna throw it out there that that sounds amazing and i hope 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 there's an archival footage of that that universal uh you know they like sharing all these things lately giving you the ride experiences what about giving us a bill and ted experience right now hey folks remember bill and ted seven the final frontier here it is for you on Facebook, watch, and Twitter, watch. <laughs> so, uh, this is me like saying, hey, Halloween Horror Nights, Universal, give us some Bill and Ted Seven, The Final Frontier footage, please. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> like, that sounds incredible. That also sounds like a CBS Plus show, uh, All Access show <laughs> that I really, really need.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%.
0: Oh, I my need, God. I need
1: Bill and Ted and Kirk and Picard to start doing things. Go, go, go.
0: Oh, my God. That is that is fantastic. That is a Bill and Ted show that uh, that alone makes me already say, sorry, Hollywood. Uh, right. right. <laughs> that's what, what you I thought,
1: too. I was like, <laughs> that show alone would have brought me to the dance. Oh, my God. Yeah. And oh, that's right. fantastic. Um, The other shows are the Festival of the Dead Parade and then Frightmares, Ghouls and Monsters in a rock and roll review. But don't worry, there's still a Beetlejuice graveyard review. So that's still there. Um, And like they're, they're like... I guess their picture, their, their, mo- uh, the poster is like somebody sleeping and a little green demon waking those eyes up, like pulling hmm. the lids open. So kind of creepy. I don't know if it's my favorite out of just logos because I'm a big fan of like classic Halloween stuff, like skulls, pumpkins, blah, blah, blah. And especially if you're going to use like universal monsters the crypt keeper one year. Hmm. So this one came off a little too kiddy. In my eyes, <laughs> poster wise. But all that being said, that's nineteen ninety seven Orlando. How do you feel about this one?
0: I feel I like this one. I like the haunted New York hotel. I like the two movies: mm-hmm. Terror Journey into New Orleans, uh, where you right. get a little bit of everything with the Vams, the Mutants, Maniacs, and of course Chainsaws. Uh, I I like the mu- I, I like the fact that you got the Universal Monsters there as well. Again, right. In a uh, in a little different uh, play this time around. Hmm. Uh, the scare zone, whatever, you know, uh, it would, yeah. it probably would have been cool, but yeah, that's, that is what it is. But yeah, show wise. Oh my God. Bill and Ted seven, uh, already ranted yeah. about that, but, uh, the rest of them, that's cool as well. But yeah, those, those houses this year really are my, okay. I see what you guys are doing. Cause it's, it's different stuff this time around. Like oh, everything's different. Yeah, I mean, they kept the Universal Monsters,
1: like I said, the past few years they've done that, but I feel like, and I, you know, after a little while of thinking about it, I mean, movies aren't the same like they are today, No, where it was like, we're cranking out horror movies from a certain company every year, where like, at the beginning of this, you know, there was a Candyman and such like that, like, that didn't happen all the time, like, there wasn't a Universal property every single year, so they did have the Universal Monsters to fall back on, so... so... So looking at it that way, yeah, cool that they're still using the monsters and whatever now monsters they did back then. Uh, I do like that there's a scare zone. Um, like I like you said, the Bill and Ted show alone is worth it. And obviously, I want to watch Beetlejuice, so good year. But moving on to Hollywood, this is the third year that they've done HHN, and from the info that I'm gathering here. They had, uh, maze wise, uh, they had a monster aquarium, weird animatronics and actors in the water. That's the description.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: Weird animatronics and actors. Well, no shit. No. Okay. Um, Then the next house, they actually have four houses. They don't have three. They have four. Uh, The second house is a classic monster maze. Short but fun maze of the classic Universal Monsters. Then Crypt Keeper's Film Vault, Mm. modern day uh, film monsters in this house. So you get the Crypt Keeper back, and it's modern monsters. And then the final house is Area 51, aliens in a cold storage are running amok. That's what the description amok. reads. Amok, which... amok, 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 amok. Exactly. Show wise, we have Beetlejuice's Rock and Graveyard Review. Then we have Creepy Animals, a live animal show with cockroaches, Ooh. snakes, and spiders. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there was a circus of freaks, and then they had a Bill and Ted excellent Halloween adventure. But it doesn't say it's not the final frontier. It says current events satire and a uh, fight with the cyberspace witch. So not the same at all. No. Uh, then other rides they have the basic rides that we're going, and that's that's it information wise that I have. They they seem like they have some similarities, but there's definitely two different HHNs going on at this point. What do you think of Hollywood?
0: I actually like Hollywood's a lot. Uh, the moment, mm-hmm. it, like, Monster Aquarium sounded cool. Uh, the yeah. Classic Monster Maze, of course, you know, that's, again, we got that in Orlando as well. But you said Crypt Keepers, Film Vault, new, new scary monsters and all that. I was like, oh, okay, right. that's that's pretty damn awesome right there. You know me with uh with the Crypt Keeper. Uh, I like right. aliens running amok, amok. Uh, but the show wise, okay, Beetlejuice. Yeah, I like Beetlejuice. Bill and Ted. I'm guessing that it was probably similar to every other year of Bill and Ted, where they just took pop culture and and told a really good story throughout that. Uh, right. Creepy animals, no, and Circus of Freaks. Uh, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. kind of getting that as well sure. over in uh, in Orlando. So right. uh, in we in uh, what is it? Uh, the Festival of the Dead or. Midway of the Bazaar as well, really, kind of with the freaks being in there. So, you know, it's it's solid. It's a solid return. It's actually a really, really solid return considering where it was.
1: Well, I was going to say, and I agree with you. I like the houses. I like that there's four houses. So they've upped ante by giving you four. I love the Area 51 house. That sounds pretty awesome. The Monster Maze seemed, I'll I'll be honest, the, the classic Monster Maze and Crypt Keeper's Film Vault, where I believe a Crypt Keeper Film Vault already happened in Orlando. So this is a repeat house of sorts from Orlando to Hollywood. So that being said, I feel like it's something that's already happened before. So I'd, I'd be amped for the Orlando one. I would say good shot guys. It's a good return. Like you said, Orlando seems to have an, a more all around event that I would want to go to where this one would be strictly, Ooh, I want to go do, do all the houses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The shows aren't really pulling me in and, and, that's unfair as well because I am looking at this in 2020 eyes and right. I'm like, oh, Bill and Ted and Beetlejuice. Well, I would have already seen this at, at Universal Orlando all those years. So right. how different is it? Uh, we'll take a second to brag because I've been learning. I've been remembering more and more, shockingly, of my time in Hollywood. I did see the Beetlejuice show in Hollywood. Well, of that, sweet. Yes. So when I did have my Universal Hollywood experience years ago, that I forgot because it was raining and most of the rides and attractions and stuff was closed for the day. Uh right. I do remember that we did get to see the Beatles show now. Cuz awesome. Uh and I'll share another quick fact on that. I wussied out on the uh backdraft ride. <laughs> I I bailed. I caused my I caused uh I caused my mom to bail on the backdraft ride with me. Because uh, once, yeah, once we got through the setup and to the uh, actual ride portion, which was basically they were putting you in the warehouse and going to drop you. I went, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. And I uh, had to walk <laughs> off the ride. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah, there you wow. have it. And you're a hunter. Huh? I'm a hunter. But that was like <laughs> 1995 or right. whenever that was. That was very, very long ago. I was scared of everything then. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes, sense. Makes you're, sense. You're talking to the guy who today just just put a spider on a piece of paper and dropped it outside my house and was like, I'm so proud of myself. I wasn't scared. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> You were a man for a I good was, two minutes, I baby. was,
0: man. I was so happy. But uh, either way, back to this. Uh, so, yeah, it, the shows just aren't really selling me. That's the yeah. thing. The houses sell me. The shows don't work. In Orlando, everything kind of has sold me.
1: Yeah, and I think that's my my take on it, where it's like, I would like to go to it. I think it is a good event, but if I'm choosing one, it's Orlando. So yeah. at this point, Orlando won to nothing to Hollywood. But like I said, I think there's going to be a switch where there's going to be something that happens in Hollywood that they take advantage of, which... Kinda, kinda, you know, will get them a little bit more of a kickstart compared to what Orlando does. Mm. But Orlando is just so good at what they do that they they, they really do have a great base at that park.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm excited because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to figure it out in my head what I Hollywood told you could that. have done. Well, I'm just trying to, I'm not, I'm not searching. I'm just trying to like do, okay. do like equations in my head. Uh, it's okay. like that scene in The Hangover playing the uh, blackjack. Like, I'm doing math, right. all crazy things that, like, I didn't know I could do. Right. By any chance, this, no. No, no, no. Beverly Hills Cop 3 had come out too early because I was like, did Hollywood take advantage of Axel Fox? <laughs> 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 I wish I could get an Axel Fox. Are you kidding me? Oh, I bet you did uh, not think I was going to pull a Beverly Hills Cop 3 out. <laughs> no, no. I
1: mean, the only thing I thought you would pull out is George Lucas being in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, oh my. Wait, is he? Yeah. The ride where uh, Axel's running away from the security people and he gets into the spider and he beats that couple that's about to go
0: in there. That's George Lucas. Oh, no. Now I'm going to have to rewatch that stupid movie. Yep. Because yep, right. I never he knew that. There,
1: he's like, ooh, see, you hit the chains. It's just so bad. Oh. He's like, come on, let's go. Oh. That's George Lucas. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> you're
0: welcome. Oh, no. You're welcome. And I just touched yeah, my I face. Yeah, I you movie facts of Beverly Hills three, baby. <laughs> I just touched my face, which you're not supposed to do, folks, because I was so like, what? That I just did yeah. the Home Alone. Ah. So I just, yeah. I just, I just, I just, I just. I just made the CDC uh and the World Health Organization really unhappy uh because you blew my freaking mind with that.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. All You're right. welcome. You YouTube welcome? it or watch the movie. Up y- to you. Y-
0: YouTube it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Watch, uh, our, everybody that's listening is like, I actually like Beverly Hills Cop 3. Why are you two so mean to it? Uh, I, hey, hey, <laughs> I don't hate it. Like, there are way
1: worse movies in there, but there is a distinctive difference oh. between 1 and 2 and 3. Oh, absolutely. Like, 1 and 2 feel like the same universe, where part 3 feels like it's, it's all, like more in the universe of Nutty Professor.
0: Yes, yeah, it's it's his precursor. It's... uh. It's tying it back to Robert England. It's uh, when he talked about mm. how uh, Nightmare, uh, New Nightmare was uh, scream before scream. That was right. figuring out that Nutty Professor thing right before he did it. Yeah. That was and you can tell by yeah. the
1: film quality too. You yeah. can
0: tell like there, there's a difference
1: in film shooting. And oh, stuff. it's not like a generic and comedy. And, know, well, and what's weird about it, it is generic, but it's the same director as Coming to America, I believe. And I think that's John Landis, if I'm right. And if it's John Landis, John Landis directed American uh, Werewolf in London so we can talk about it on this show because he directed a horror film. Uh,
0: (laughs) Oh my God, you're 100% right. He directed Beverly Hills Cop 3. Boom! Wow. How wild is that? That is wild. And uh, you also forget, you mentioned he directed a great horror movie in An American Werewolf in London, but you forget about another great horror movie he was part of directing, Uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, baby. Oh,
1: yeah. No, I know he did. He did a segment of it. Yes, he
0: did. And, uh, of course, I know all about that because I I love films like that. I love anthologies. So the Twilight Zone movie. Uh, obviously, is a film that I've seen, and I love uh, Dan Aykroyd in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty fun. And Albert Brooks is in that yeah, same scene. Yeah, which is Albert really Brooks good. and him, yeah. And John Lithgow does, gets to do the uh, William yes. Shatner. Uh, William uh, Shatner playing. And eventually, the two of them, uh, Shatner does a cameo on Third Rock from the Sun. I don't know if you ever watched that show,
1: but oh, yeah, eventually, yeah.
0: Like, okay. I don't know if you remember the episode, Shatner does the cameo as their leader. Coming to uh-huh. Earth. Yes. And then they both, Lithgow and him, he. they have a little moment where he's like, you know, we did take off. But then I saw something on the wing and I started freaking out. And Lithgow goes, me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> out of that entire show. That joke has stuck with me since 1996, 1997. Wow. That joke has stuck with me.
1: Wow, that is, is so awesome. i never realized that happened.
0: Uh, yes, that happened, and that made me laugh so damn hard because uh, yeah. uh, tying it back to Star Trek there, which was Bill and Ted uh, and Captain Kirk being at, at Halloween Horror Nights there in 1997, <laughs> uh, William Six Shatner. Six degrees of Horror Nights! <laughs> I can't believe we just did that with no no prep on that, folks. But my mom loves <laughs> William Shatner, so that Twilight Zone episode watched Every freaking year, and since I like the movie, I—that was one of the jokes that, as a kid, I got. Uh uh-huh. wasn't just the generic like, "Oh, the parents are laughing; I should laugh too." Uh, right. You know. So yeah, there it is. Oh, we, that's we just. So good. Oh, I can't believe we just did that. I don't yeah. even want to do my version of the of the bit of the HHN Retro ninety seven now because that was just too. <laughs> No, seriously, like, because all I'm gonna say to you is like, oh, Billy Crystal hosted the Academy Awards, and the English Patient won, and WNBA played its first game, and uh, like James Cameron's Titanic debuted, and that's about it. That's all no. I have. <laughs> that is all that's I have. About it. That is legit. I have three things written, and then I'm like, oh, and then there's Burse. Uh <laughs> Zara Larson, <laughs> you guys know who she is, right? She's she's a pop artist. Oh, <laughs> Bella Thorne, yeah, from. From Blended? Oh, yo, you didn't see that Adam Sandler movie? Uh, Well, you remember her from The Babysitter, actually. There it is. There's the horror tie-in with her. There you go. Uh, (laughs) You you made it happen. Yeah. Oh, Maisie Williams was born as well. Game of Thrones. Still like the final season. Uh... (laughs) God bless it. It's over! It's over, but I can't wait to see her in New Mutants so I can see Maisie Williams from season three of game of thrones
1: (laughs) i can't wait till i get to see postponed uh new mutants again yeah yeah, (laughs) so there we have
0: it that's hhn retrospective 97 uh there's seven degrees six degrees however many degrees we went there following horror nights
1: that's right. Six degrees of horror nights. That's and, what this uh, title
0: is. Yeah. The way. Oh my God, it better be. And, uh, <laughs> there's your 1997 year in retrospective. It was quite quiet. I wonder what a year like that would be like, where it was just a normal year and it didn't feel like one month was 12 years. 2020. I, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm looking at my
1: house because that's where I have to stay forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at the little studio and my apartment, the only two places I'm allowed to go. Sad. All right. So, on that sad note, coming up next, we're actually going to talk uh, a lot about WrestleMania, which did happen despite coronavirus this past weekend, but two freaking matches uh, in particular. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I really think you're going to want to stick around there was a Boneyard match that took place in a graveyard. That's all I'll tell you. And then there was a match called the Firefly Funhouse that was a fever dream. And that's the mm. best way I can sell it to you right now. But both of these definitely fit the horror genre. And if you follow at Haunters POD on Twitter, uh, you saw Zach tweet out right after the Firefly Fun Funhouse just announced it at Halloween Horror Nights. So we will further explain next on Haunter's Podcast. Hey, this is Rob. You may know me from the Diznoids Podcast, but guess what? I've got my own show now, too. Join me each week as I discuss the latest news, trailers, and upcoming releases in the movie realm. And, you know, of course, do my review a thing. You can find the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Just search Review It Rob." Check you soon. Welcome back, everybody. Hunters Podcast. And uh, we teased it right before we took that quick time out. Uh, and you heard the music as we came back. We're going to dive into a little bit of WWE WrestleMania 36, which happened over the course of two nights. On the WWE network because it was too big for one night, just that like Vince good McMahon. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to talk about some good shit because uh, we're not we're not going to talk about the entire WrestleMania. Maybe at the end we'll give a quick like on the whole, what did we think of the night type thing. But there are two specific right. matches that did occur. Uh, and I, 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 do want to actually start off with this kudos to them for actually having the balls to go through it this night. Cause mm-hmm. we all thought it was pretty crazy going into it. But once we yeah. saw the end of night one, I think is when, at least for me, cause I had fun leading up to the end of night one. But once we got to the end of night one and that first specific match, I think we should talk about, uh, mm-hmm. I knew we were in for a weekend of entertainment and yeah. just so much fun Because night one, uh, the first match we want to talk about is the Boneyard match between AJ Styles, uh, the OC, I guess, uh, because we'll Mm. we'll put Anderson and Gallo in there because you knew it was going to turn into a three-on-one. But AJ versus The Undertaker in a Boneyard match, which took place in a graveyard. Zach, I just want to get your take on this because uh, from the very moment this began, It was a realization that this was nothing that we have ever seen the WWE or really, I think, professional wrestling pull off. Uh, It reminded me of like the early 90s with WCW home videos, but Mm -hmm. this was well produced. What was your take on this? How did you feel when you saw that hearse pulling up?
1: Okay, so like when I saw the hearse coming up. I knew it was going to be, like you said, different than what we're normally seeing in WWE. Like Matt Hardy has perfected this with his final deletion uh, videos that he's had, but WWE really hasn't been successful in recent years when they tried this. So like, if you remember actually funny enough, Bray Wyatt and Mm -hmm. Randy Orton, I believe had a kind of match of similarness Back, uh, I forget what, it was like Sister Abigail, blah blah blah, who knows, but whatever it was, it didn't, it was not enthralling, it it came out very dud-like, and for some reason, and maybe it's because the night already came off really well, that... When this started with the hearse pulling up, the fence opens, and they're playing the Undertaker's music, I was like, oh, that's cute. It's like an entrance, like you're getting an entrance like a wrestling match would be. And when there are back doors of the hearse open, and uh, they uh, they pull out this uh, coffin, and the Druids open the coffin, there's AJ Styles. And immediately the music switches, and right there I was like, okay, that's awesome, because we're treating this like how a wrestling match would be. And then it even said his name on the side, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, and when he got out, he popped out, he was like, Where are you, taker? Where are you? And all of a sudden, like you hear him like listening for a sound, and you can t- hear the faintness of a motorcycle coming. And I was like, Oh damn, we're gonna get biker taker. <laughs> I was like, This is gonna be great, and then, Lo and behold, here comes Biker Taker with some new Metallica theme. And he pulls up. And when, like, they do this slow pan from his feet all the way up and shows his name, and he starts walking towards AJ, I was like, man. This is completely shot different. And to come to fact, because I did a little research after the fact, it really is. It's outsourced by a different film crew of the WWE. So this entire thing is produced by outside the WWE, which why it feels like a movie. They shot a wrestling match as a movie.
0: Yeah. That's, that is what blew me away the most. And like you mentioned, when the taker pulled up, that's when I realized, oh my God, we're getting a little mini movie match here. We're not getting a traditional match in the sense of these two are just going to, because a traditional wrestling match obviously is the stories being fully told through just the physicality of the match. This gave you the physicality of the match, uh, the trash talking of two people that hate it. Like it. There, there was a lot about this that felt like the climax of a great horror film. Yes. Where the villains were finally getting their due after tormenting this poor guy and bringing his wife into the equation. Like, and he's finally getting his... Oh my... Like, I can't speak enough good about the production level of this match. Uh, And just the way that it was handled, the druids coming out, uh, Taker accidentally cutting open his arm, but just keeping it in there, giving it more intensity to the scene... And it's funny because now I'm calling it a scene. I'm not even calling it a match. I'm calling it scenes because the way that it was cut was cut like a different scene with AJ. Oh my, dude, I, the choke slam off the top. I don't even know like how to actually formulate thoughts on this because I've watched this match so many times and I'm just blown away by the way that this is set up and by the way well, that they pulled this off.
1: Well, what was really cool f- for watching it and then after the fact actually looking at it, going into it, Everybody was like, well, what's a Boneyard match? What's this? What's that? So it's like, you can't... And I was one of those guys that are like, what what the hell are you talking about? Because this is something they had to do on the fly because of everything with COVID. And, like, the fact that, A... You gave me a great thing to watch that was entertaining because, yeah, that's kind of hard to pull off mm-hmm. with like 80,000 people in the stands just watching a movie, it would kind of jip them, but it works for this atmosphere. But the one thing that it really truly did for me is like if this was Undertaker's last match. I can look at this out for WrestleMania, his last match, because I don't think his last match is going to be till Survivor Series this year. But. It, like, literally, I would love to end his WrestleMania career with this match just because it. there's no way it gets higher. After all the matches he's had in recent years, like, he can't hang, he can't, you know, really pull off that, you know, the the phenom character that we've known for so long. I mean, you saw my whole thing with Brock Lesnar back at 30. So, like, this was literally, like... I would look at you and I'd go, if they put Brock in this scenario with Taker, I'm taking Taker's side. Because he it, it puts you in a different atmosphere with like, yes, he was biker, but he was still pulling off like phenom kind of things like when they got to the top of the roof and like AJ's trying to get away and he raises his hands and there's yes. fire on top of the roof. Like, the, it's like he was pulling out his magic stuff when needed because he only had so much.
0: You know what I mean? I do, I do. And I actually am mad, I forgot to bring this up, but like you bring up the supernatural stuff before he even did the fire gimmick on the top of the on the top of the roof. You have mm-hmm. the moment where AJ's about to bury him. Yeah. And then he just pops up behind AJ Styles. Like, like a just, horror movie. Like a horror movie. Like the killer that's like, uh-uh, you're not getting me that easily. You're not gonna bury me alive that that's simple AJ. It's your time right. to it's your time to pay. I let you have your fun. It's over. Goodbye. And that lighting as well on that shot. Uh, the is...
1: lighting's what made it. And and, and the music
0: yeah. that's playing. Very well, ominous. That's the other thing that I thought was so cool and where you realize from the beginning as well, not just like with the setup in the beginning but you realize mm. there's a freaking score to that entire match which yes. is fantastic because it does elevate the emotions and uh I do think you hit a, a good point as well which will really play out for the Firefly Funhouse match mm. mm-hmm. uh, which is the circumstances of this year really allowed them to play with different formats and formulas to tell interesting conclusions to stories uh and that you just couldn't do in front of 80,000 plus fans. Cause you're right. If I had to watch that on, on a Titan drawn on the big ass screens at mania, when I paid $200 to sit in the nosebleed, I'd be furious. Uh, right. But at the same time, this match is definitely the best that you're going to get from the undertaker in 2020 and beyond because you're right. And you were right back at 30 with your, if he beats Lesnar, I'm, I'm going to quit. Because he can't hang anymore. It, it does look bad. It's it's part of the reason why we were so pissed at Goldberg winning the freaking title. Just to drop the, the, the title. Fix. Yeah, Because yeah. It, I mean, it's, like it's just. You got to mm.
1: understand. I don't own the network anymore no. because of what they did with the Fiend and Goldberg. And don't get it twisted. WWE doesn't get it right all the time. I mean, just like the, the, with the Fiend dropping the title, like, then Goldberg has it and then loses it to Brown. It just sometimes their storytelling within what they're trying to tell us doesn't work, but something like this does. This was a movie. It plays like a movie, but what I found awesome as well is that when you actually look at it, it plays like a match. Like yes. Undertaker has a shine. Uh, then there's heat Undertaker, There's a comeback. There's then the falsie and the finish like there's, And I could say all these because I used to pro wrestle. So if you're going to be that guy, shut up. <laughs> but, but like, it does play like a wrestling match formed into a movie. And I think it was done to a level that I would love to see one of these again, down the line. Um, definitely has to be, Something that's like almost like a network special, like you don't want to do it as a pay-per-view kind of deal. But like if you had one of those exclusive network shows, do a couple of real matches and then throw this on at the end, it would be awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with you because again, you can't, it's unfortunate that you can't do something like this live, but I understand why you can't because a lot of it was the way that it was shot, the way that it was cut, the way that it made The Undertaker look at me, the way AJ Styles looks big in the beginning. And then AJ Styles looks small from the ca- like just the way that they're shooting it. They are shooting it like an actual film, which is right. what blew my freaking mind, uh, you know, shooting up on AJ, then shooting down on AJ to, to make him mm-hmm. look smaller. I was like, holy crap, like that's something you can't get when you just have a bunch of different cameramen. And that's. Not a bad thing. It's, no, it's not, but no. it's it's just the well, reality of professional wrestling in the way that it's shot
1: live. Well, that's uh, well, that's WWE. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is shot for more of a sports atmosphere, yeah. obviously, but this is what happens when you think outside of the box mm-hmm. and you film it like a movie. I yep. mean, they've done plenty of segments that are like, you know, shut, like, for instance, the McMahon-Austin uh, yeah. hospital scene. Fantastic. Like, that's shot like Something in wrestling it's not Shot by a, f- a filmmaker yes. Where this was okay We're going to shoot it we're going to use multiple cameras We're going to edit it and we're going to Like and I told this to Brooke when you when I think Of matches like remember Rock vs. Mankind halftime heat Yeah that match I absolutely Loved throughout and it Reminded me of it but the thing that pulled me out of the halftime heat match was when mankind puts the forklift (laughs) over the rock. And then there's a camera in the forklift the entire match is shot like a wrestling match and then you break the fourth wall with that camera and i don't like that when the entire match of this undertaker versus aj is shot with multiple cuts multiple lenses multiple looks music all throughout it it's more it's easier to adapt oneself to taking it all in yeah it's
0: Uh, Which really is
1: what I, as much as I love Taker and AJ in this and they performed phenomenal. I loved that all the things that they were saying were improv. They went to the producer, they went to Triple H and was like, Hey, we'd much rather go off uh, cuff instead of a script. Good on you guys, because that's, again, everything feels organic and I'm into that without being force fed.
0: Well, and and what's great too, is that I feel like. Uh, you mentioned without being force-fed, I feel like if you're not a fan and you haven't been watching the show leading up to it, like, I yelled at my dad. I was like, they're showing it on Raw. Record Raw tonight so you can watch this match. So, like, I have to text him and be like, did you watch this? Because I know he can go into it with no idea of what's happening, but by the time Undertaker's holding AJ Styles and saying, what's my wife's name? What's my wife's name? Like, I know he's going to be completely engulfed in what in in an action match that's filmed like a movie, but playing out like a match, but feels like two guys that really are trying to kill each other and bury right. each other alive because it's organic. It is organic. It's it's not... I it, am I guarantee you one of those scripts probably said something like, how dare you mention my wife's name, AJ? Now I right. will bury you alive. And it's like, no, right. I'd rather just have Taker holding him and be like, what's my wife's name? Like a smart ass. Yeah. Like, come on, say it you don't have it in your mouth anymore. Like, <laughs> did you catch, did you catch taker called him by his real name? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was awesome. Allen. And that was awesome because it's like, and oh. that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. Because that is organic. That is what somebody who is mad that you're bringing his wife into this world. Well, you guess what? You made it real. I'm going to speak real. Yeah. And like, that's something that wouldn't be in the script. Nope. That was something that came out. I caught. And like you said, i You watched it multiple times I've watched it multiple times And that's how you know That it clicked Because if you're able And I get it There's wrestling purists That are always going to be like WWE's wrong for no matter what they Mm -hmm. say. I mean didn't didn't you text me that somebody was Complaining being like why can't we have Real matches or just regular matches And I was like There's 16 matches on this card If two of them are different Who gives a
0: shit uh, the wrestling purist that's mad that the boneyard match wasn't uh, shot with a single camera uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, never cut wrong. away from them. Uh, and then there's the Firefly Funhouse match, which they're like nobody threw a punch, and I'm like you're well, still wrong. Uh, but right, okay, right, exactly. <laughs> well, let's
1: let's wrap up our thoughts on boneyard. What are yes. your what what's your final grade in like?
0: Thoughts on them. Uh, I'm going to be quite honest with you. It, this was a five out of five for me. I thought mm-hmm. this was, uh, again, not not really sure what a Boneyard match was going to be, but knowing the WWE was going to obviously just create a match the way they do. Uh, yeah. I had a little bit of faith in them with that, but that exceeded anything I could have imagined. It essentially was just a Buried Alive match, but a thousand times cooler than just calling it a Buried Alive match. The set was great. The fog being added, the freaking score to it. Uh, The Undertaker actually, and again, I know it's because it was shot like a movie, so they were able to edit it and cut it and shoot it specific ways and take breaks in between. But The Undertaker, as you mentioned, man, if this is his last mania match, quote-unquote match, awesome. Like, he looks huge. He looks like the phenom going out while also saying goodbye to the phenom character at the end and riding off on his bike. Like, that's awesome. I guarantee yeah. you it won't be the end of him and I guarantee you he'll no. be back next year at Mania as well. Uh cuz he's the freaking Undertaker. But you won't see anything quite like this from him ever again. Uh AJ Styles I trust him putting on a good match as well. But I don't know if I'll ever see anything from AJ Styles like this again as well.
1: Yeah, I am I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh five star. I give it five stars. Um I think from beginning to end this felt like a movie and it felt like a very well done improv fight. So it felt like a fight. Um, And I was impressed with every time they wanted to bring out the supernatural effects. I even liked the end when... Taker mm-hmm. does bury AJ and AJ's hand sticking out of the grave. Like I thought that was a good shot. But then Taker raising his arm, like he's saying goodbye, and flames are go gl- gl- flames are blowing, and then you get the Undertaker symbol on the house via some kind of laser. Like it was just a well done thing, and proud of WWE for putting that on.
0: Yeah, same. Uh and I'm not gonna lie, very proud of them for putting that on, but I was even more proud that they had the balls in night two to put on the Firefly Funhouse match with mm. perhaps their biggest star, uh, definitely this, you know, they they talk about it all the time, definitely the ruthless aggression into this PG, into this family-friendly product. Their biggest star, their mainstay, the new version of Hogan, The Rock, Austin, all those guys, Hart. Uh, John Cena, a guy you can count on To draw eyes, they stuck in a match with the Fiend Bray Wyatt that was art house fever dream. Yeah, well, okay. So
1: going into this match, (laughs) I I I was not happy. I was not a pleased boy because nobody was. (laughs) Well, it just it, it hurt the fact that Fiend's title was taken away. I even was like, "Good job killing the character." And I'll be quite honest, this thing that we got to see a hundred percent like redeemed them. Like yeah, to the point of I. OK, so after night one with ending with The Undertaker, I even went into it. I was like, OK, so they're not going to end with uh, the, another video like no. this for the event. But what it did was make me super excited about seeing it and what I was really impressed with is that it was not the Boneyard match that's what 100% I was hoping for and I got it Yeah. but so I I don't want to say I started with the Boneyard I want to know your thoughts on seeing what the hell we saw
0: I you know me I'm I'm a John Cena hater, quote unquote, but it's more of the, I just am like, okay, I get it. He's the best. He's Hogan. I I don't, I want other guys. Like my, it's not that I hate John Cena. It's that I'm just part of that. Like, come on. I, I get it. He's the best. We don't need to put the belt on him every time. There are other guys here, which is part of why I got, I'm pissed at the Fiend not having the belt. But you're right. This did redeem whatever sour taste I had on them taking the belt off because I felt like they had undercut the character. But mm. this match brings the character back stronger than ever, in my opinion. But my God, this is a John Cena match that I have watched at least eight freaking times already. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch John Cena matches that much anymore like that because it, I'm sorry. Again, I'm not trying to be a prick about it. It's not that I hate the guy. It's just I just felt... It's like a lot of things when it gets to a certain point in wrestling. It's like, okay, I've seen it a lot. I'm I'm here every week, so I see it every week. Something else, please? But good God, man, I loved this whole experience. The best way I'll describe it is it is a horror fever arthouse dream uh, just that I thought was fantastic in the way that it presented a great story with very little fighting and no wrestling really, like... I get why the wrestling purists are like, oh, it's not really a match, but it was a match because it was John Cena battling himself and John Cena reliving some of his worst moments, his most embarrassing, some of his highs, how it affected others within the company, specifically Wyatt, and how it ended up creating The Fiend and creating this character that comes back. Uh, Just this was... I don't know if I had drank enough. I don't know if I had smoked enough. I don't know what the hell it was. But for whatever reason, the moment John Cena popped up within the fun house and opened that door and evil Vince McMahon, devil horn Vince McMahon started talking to him, I was like, whatever journey we go on here, I'm in. I am totally yeah. in. I am totally in. Uh, and I loved it. I loved, as a wrestling fan as well, I feel, I don't understand how you could not like this match or whatever you want to call it because not only does it revisit Cena's debut but it gives you the 80s of wrestling. It's a throwback to the 80s as well with the Saturday night main event. Uh you get the WCW thrown in there as well like it's all, it's not just looking at Cena's greatest moments and how it affected others, it's looking at the industry as well. So yeah, I just I thought this was absolutely The ballsiest, like if we thought doing the Boneyard match was ballsy, this was Vince McMahon agreeing to be extra ballsy on this match because I I really, I I never imagined I'd see something like this from from World Wrestling Entertainment.
1: 1,000% I never thought in my wildest day would ever see, not a physical Contest, not a physical match A mental match yeah. A match that presented itself Like a Freddy Cougar Shout out to Robert Englund Nightmare that you go through Like you, ha- th- The reason why WWE has been So popular Is because of its characters From Undertaker Kane, Rock, Austin, Hogan, all these guys are not normal people. They're, they're, I mean, like The Rock, he is just, The Rock's turned up to 10, where, you know, that's not really how Dwayne Johnson is, but that goes with also our characters like Paul Burchell, who was a pirate, uh, the boogeyman, who's the boogeyman. All these <laughs> characters have these things and it comes to the fiend where the fiend has always felt special with how he's carried himself in the firefly Funhouse, and like how creepy he is, uh, the, with the Mr. Rogers thing. So when you got the fiend, that's what really pulls in this whole like demonic force kind of stuff. So the fact that you're going to get a match that's called the Firefly Funhouse match is there's no other way than what they gave us of why it should work. And the reason why I love this match is because you're right. It took cena on a journey through his fails of not helping bray wyatt become the star that he could have been back then and why it affected bray wyatt to becoming the fiend Mm -hmm. so he created the monster in a way so it's like we got an origin tale through this whole thing which was pretty sweet then you look at how cena failed his ruthless aggression into becoming uh, a rapper, and I loved the uh, Johnny Man Meat or whatever his name was. Oh yeah, Johnny Man Meat, like, because he would make it in that age, and that's why yep. Cena was able to last for so long without getting fired beforehand is because he was he was he was Vince McMahon's guy. I mean, even in this skit, I uh, which I was shocked at. Yeah, Vince. Devil McMahon goes, this is good shit. Yeah. Like (laughs) what, what is happening? Like so much is happening in this world that the fact that they said, fuck it, do whatever you want surprises me. And then on top of that, we're going through all these things. We go through a, what if scenario that if John Cena was going to be a bad guy and John Cena doesn't become bad guy, like he turns on that because he doesn't trust his instincts to he just stayed stagnant through his career, and you're seeing all this footage of being passed through Randy, being passed through Punk, uh, and all these. I mean, we even get a Bella little sing-off thing at the beginning yeah. by Gray, which I thought was a good nod, oh. but like, and then he <laughs> finally finally, loses his cool, which is he let the fiend in, yep. and the fiend just killed him. Yep, he we couldn't see Cena anymore. Like, <laughs> right. It was exactly. It's, His it's, time it's, was up. His time is now. Like, I wish <laughs> I could figure out what wrestlers said that on Twitter, <laughs> but some wrestlers said that. And, like, man, is it so apropos. And I'm not even kidding. I think out of my... 20-plus years of watching wrestling. My first live wrestling show of WrestleMania was WrestleMania 16, which, woof. Ooh. But but you're talking 20 years later, I can't believe I'm sitting here going, I think that's my favorite wrestling thing I've ever seen because it's, it's a match I never thought I would get. And yes, you can look at it as a skit. You can look at it as just something and it's not for you. That's fine. They did something
0: I have never seen done in my life. And guess what? You win. Yeah, we we all won with that. And honestly, it's I'm still mind blown by it. I really am. Yeah, I, I, I I've really... watched
1: it five times.
0: It's 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 truly fantastic. It really is so layered, which is just so unexpected. Cause like yeah. it's not to I'm not and listen, I don't think, and I and I know you're definitely not trying to, and I'm not trying to come across this way. I'm not trying to undermine the other matches and the storytelling being told through those matches, but there's just something about the way that the Boneyard and specifically the Firefly funhouse match just played out with their storylines. Like they were the perfect conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, I couldn't go into this show and look at
1: those matches and be like, are you serious? Yeah. And then getting what I got and being like, Brooke will tell you, I got on the floor, like a goddamn kid looking at Saturday morning cartoons with a bowl of cereal, watching both these matches. And I am legitimately, like blown away that not only did other matches throughout both nights get pulled off, but these two particularly just because, you know, the fiend's been screwed over before. And in this way was the most, like the fact that Cena was like, yeah,
0: let's take shots at me as a character yeah. and tell that story. And that's willing. fine. And that's the thing. And that's why, and, and you brought up a good point that uh, I forgot to mention a second ago with the NWO portion of the skit, where that's part of where I reached my limit with it, where it was like, it's it's the same character, man. And I get why it's, I understand. I've always told you, Zach, so I'm just trying to clarify this to everybody else. I understand why John Cena never went bad and never will go right. heel. I 100% right. get that. But as a fan that has watched this for over 30 years, obviously I want something different. I felt the same way about Hogan when he was in WCW. And then when he went bad, I was like, i freaking love hulk hogan again like right because it was just something totally ballsy and different cena has well, been the was... same thing and i get it but it stopped striking me at a certain point because i was like well i like these younger guys who are just kind of stuck at mid-card level damn it <laughs> like what right you know like i want to see these guys oh. get elevated oh, yeah, jump-
1: WWE as a whole became stagnant For their characters Which is whatever But you're right John Cena should have had the The courage to believe in himself To be able to turn There was just too many blockades Like I think the company was Afraid because of the same exact thing That happened to Austin Mm -hmm. When he went bad guy everybody still wanted To cheer him and the bad guy stuff didn't work You don't believe a guy who's been Wrestling a certain way that's why Like if you're going to make that character It's okay if Cena Was a bad guy and still As good as he is and still Won matches and then eventually Lost to whoever but Everybody my This is what I feel They're so scared of Letting the heel be such a good Wrestler I don't get That I don't get why Every every wrestler doesn't need To poke the eyes or Mm -hmm. If Cena is winning the whole Time or you know losing and then Just pulls a thumb to the eye It's okay it's okay. It's not a bad thing. But all this being said, I'm getting off track. But I, yeah. I get why you feel your way with Cena. Yeah. And I am okay with the way that I've, I've never looked at Cena as my favorite. He's never been my favorite. I've just never gotten to that point where people get to where it's like, oh, it's same old shit. That's, that's fine. That's sometimes... How some characters go. That's why we do believe in Bray Wyatt. Yes. And then follow them and thank God for this fiend character getting him to where he is. But all that being said, my final thoughts of this. This is one of the best things I have ever seen professional wrestling WWE ever put on, and I give it seventy six stars out of five.
0: <laughs> I I think I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I I almost want to price is right you and go seventy seven <laughs> stars out of five, like, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> seventy five stars, son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I overbid. Uh, oh, but but uh, no, I. Uh, I just oh god I it is you're right this is an off the scale type of one to me cuz I just it's 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 be, it's, be, it's beautiful dude like I literally have called this thing art and I never thought I would say trust me people you're getting art from wrestling mm mm-hmm. mhm like, no, I, I hear you. And uh, I do differ with you. Like I do look at it as an art and
1: this is one of those okay, times. Sorry. that the, Well, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I mean, that's only because I've done it. It yeah. is my, it's my sports theater. It is my thing like that. And completely, I get where you're coming from, but what I will phrase it as, this is the one time where like the art shows
0: through and can be picked up by other people. That's the much better way of putting it than how I put it uh, because I it sounded like I totally disparaged you and you know that I have been a defender of no, wrestling absolutely. all the time I mean, and calling it story. Yeah, it. I <laughs> clearly, uh, clearly. You know, I, I, I only ran through how many wrestling shirts over uh, Saturday and oh, Sunday? Oh how my many God, did I, say? I got a picture every hour like you were some goddamn host of some... <laughs> Uh, Ward Show. I'm just saying, maybe I was trying to uh, be a better host than the actual host of the uh, night. Oh, I uh, don't even want to get into oh, that. Oh man. Uh, oh, so then we shouldn't talk about our favorite other moment of the night when Rob Gronkowski no, jumped p- and won. <laughs> That's your favorite moment? <laughs> no, are you serious? Okay, good. Absolutely not. But no, uh, I, I, I've, I've, oh, I, oh, I do consider this an art. It's just that yeah. comes across as an easier way to look at people and like yeah. be like it's art like stop fucking hating like right. stop right. like look at it and and realize what you watched and people won't but it's my that yeah. was my way of trying to like still fight for it but it came across I bad so the it. so the video so you were like well hold up i was like oh shit sorry <laughs> like, <laughs> bad, bad choice of wording bad choice of wording <laughs> but um but, but
1: other other than that was there, you know, because I want to wash this grog stuff out. What <laughs> is your favorite other match? Like a real match? Because it is hard for you to perform a wrestling match without a crowd. So to you,
0: what do you think, what match was the best to perform that? To me, the best other match, and I hope I didn't, because we didn't talk about what our answers yeah, we would be on this. And I might have accidentally stolen yours for the same reason. I'm going with that triple threat ladder match because i not going to lie to you, When how the hell do you do a ladder match with no crowd when that whole match is built off of the fact that the crowd is losing their freaking minds because we don't know if they're going to die or not? Are they going to do the big spots? Are they not? And then you got John Morrison walking the fucking ropes like it's a tightrope just to go body slam Kofi Kingston off the top. I, and I'm like, oh, okay. So they are going to try and kill themselves and the fact that they were able to tell that story in that match with that much drama, that much excitement, it had me, dude. Like but Obviously, I'm a Miz guy, so I'm, I'm pulling for Miz and John Morrison, so I, I'm I'm all about them. So when Morrison pulled the ropes, I think the finish could have been a little bit better than it was. But when Morrison ended up with the belts, I fucking jumped, dude. I popped. I popped really hard. And it wasn't the first time I reacted during that match, but I, I definitely popped because I was very, by that point, I was very invested in, who the hell is walking out of here with these belts? like Yeah. But, but that, I thought, was a hell of a match considering that was no crowd, and it's a ladder match, dude, like a ladder match with no crowd. I know you've been in ladder matches, and you've used yeah. ladders in your career. Like yeah. uh, That's got to be hard to do, man, if there's no crowd to build off of when you're Slowly well, climbing it or getting ready to do a, a big spot. Well,
1: uh, like, it really comes down to like, hey, you're going to be in a ladder match, so kill your body in front of nobody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> it. <laughs> It, it's definitely a, a, a painful one But I thought those guys did such a great job Being able to convey a good story yeah. And th- they did some bunker things But they didn't do anything that like killed themselves too much So I'm proud of them for not doing that But they had definitely some good spots But that's not the match I was going to pick Okay, I'm going to pick the NXT women's title match As my favorite match good of the pick. night and the reason why solely because like all the matches, I felt like one well, majority of them. There are a couple I'm like, well, no, thank you. <laughs> Otis um, and
0: Dolph. Otis and Dolph. Anybody? <laughs> more Corbin and uh, Ooh, yeah. Corbin uh, face two Elias.
1: Oh yeah. See, I didn't even remember who he worked. Ah, yeah. Anyways, um no. Uh, the NXT Women's match they did something in that match nobody everybody would like hit on it just a little bit i would say kevin owens and seth probably were the second best at it they talked shit oh, yeah. to each other the entire match oh yeah they were so loud either making noises through pain or talking crap to each other and stuff that it kills dead silence because between them doing it and the commentators going, you don't hear any dead silence. And it makes it like, oh, in a way it goes, oh, look, they're talking crap to each other the entire match. This must be what they're doing when they're wrestling where you hear the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It takes you being like, oh, oh, that's that's how that's why I see their lips moving when they're whipping yeah. them off the road. They're rope. not really calling <laughs> the shots. <laughs> yeah, right. They're not calling the they're not calling their spots there. They're they're actually talking crap. So I give them mad credit just for that. But other than that, they beat the shit yeah, out of each it. other, which was crazy. Those like gut punches. Uh, Ray was giving to Charlotte. Woo! Those were hard in those shops. Woo! Oh man, what a good
0: fight! Yeah. No. Uh, it's funny because, uh, if you had gone first, I had written that down. If you had taken ladder match, I wrote that down as my as would have been my <laughs> other pick second? as the second awesome. pick because both of those were fantastic. I just I just felt doing a ladder match in front of nobody is like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs> but but no, you're absolutely right. That match was great. Uh, and I love I loved every match that I had the trash talking because I I texted you as well and I said I really loved Seth. And KO because I liked how much trash talking that was going on in that. That made that really super entertaining. Because uh, it is weird, man, in front of a, an empty arena where you, you know, the Bryan match was a little weird in front of the empty arena just because it's like, oh, there's no big loud yeses, and it's just kind of a. But granted, Sami Zayn was pretty fucking good in that match. Actually, so oh, I take yeah, that yeah, back. Because yeah, no, Sammy, 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 was saving Sammy that was match. Good. In all honesty, not that that match was bad, but that match needed a crowd. But Sammy realized that, and then Sammy was like, "No, no, 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 no!" no! Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, thank you, Sammy, for giving me something." But I will say, my biggest disappointment of the night was when there's no crowd and somebody goes and spears somebody, and then you just hear. Was that Goldberg? Oh, good, good call. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, That was uh, that was my most annoying moment of WrestleMania. Oh 6, boy, which no, uh, like I said, yeah.
1: they they like if I could take both nights and pick and choose what I want, you could have an ultimate WrestleMania in that show.
0: Oh, there, there is, and and honestly, just giving the whole show a quick rating in my part, I give it a B plus. Yeah. For what they were able to accomplish, granted those the two matches we really heavily, heavily focused on yeah. play a huge part in giving it a B plus. But oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Without those matches, yeah. it would have
1: been a standard wrestling show. Exactly. But if I if I was to give it something, I would actually probably give it a eight point two. Okay, that seems. That seems B plus ish. Yeah, we're right near. around the same. Like it's 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 weird. It's like I went into the show being like, Wolf, this is gonna be <laughs> so unrewatchable. And then I'm like, wait a second. Like there are actually good things I would take out of this.
0: Yeah. So good on them. Yeah, good on them. And uh definitely though, if you have not seen uh either Night One's Boneyard match that wrapped up WrestleMania thirty six night one, uh, and the Second Firefly to last Fun day, House. the Firefly Funhouse, which was the second to last match on night two. Uh, go back, give them a watch, uh, find somebody's account, find a way to watch yeah. them. Uh, it just do down. like I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get somebody's account. Get, get, get a chance to see those matches, though, because uh, even if you're not a wrestling fan, I do, and you've stuck with us through the 40 minutes of talking about this. Uh, good on you, number one. And number two, now do yourself a treat and go watch those matches. And even if yeah. you have seen them, do yourself a treat and go watch them again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that note, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good too. I got I got it all out. I feel good. I feel loosey-goosey. Uh, and I feel like, you know, uh, we should all just love each other and uh, wash our hands still and, uh, you know, do that thing. And don't forget, that me Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunter's Podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend and you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services just by searching Haunters Podcast. You can tweet us at Haunters P-O-D, or you can find us on Facebook by searching Haunters Podcast. Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you.